You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. This episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. So it just happened. You just saw it launch just a little while ago. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings. Again, it launched on January 18th, so it's out and about, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods, and follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Nada the Scribe. And the answer, Nada, is no. That's the answer. There's no way I'm going to allow you back into the Monk Hive <laughs> after he scores 36 points. Hits nine three-pointers out of the 13 that he took. And also, you know what? When he's appeared in the games this year, has actually looked good. So, no, you can't come back to, uh, to Monk Hive. And I tried to warn you about this. Do not tell me that I did not try to warn you and that you were going to be on the outside looking in and trying to scratch and claw at the door like you're a dog wanting way back inside. No, you are not allowed back in the Monk Hive. No, why, again, why not? Like, why not? Like at the- because you disparaged him when he was actually going out there and playing well, and it was James Borrego who would continue to sit him on the bench after one mistake and say, all right, no, we don't want all of this other good stuff that you bring to the court. We just want to sit you on the bench. And you were like, yeah, I'm here for that. I don't want James Borrego to put him out there on the court. And you forgot who you were, Nada. And that was the most disappointing thing. If I give in now, then what kind of discipline, what kind of person am I going to be to allow you to just say, okay, Pat, Pat, you can come back in. I didn't mean it. I got to stand my ground, Nada. So no, you're not allowed oh, in. So now you're going to choose to have morals. Now you're going to choose to have a backbone on this. You're going to let. You're yeah. not going to let me back in after this. You know what? Fine. I don't want to be back in your stupid club. You know what? <laughs> That's again. You and Monk Hive can go have fun and go walk off into in the sunset and do dances and skip a, uh, among the sunflowers yeah. and what have you. I do not care. He he had a great game last night. He showed up. Yeah, he did. And and yo yeah. And you know what? I'm yes very he did. Happy. And you are Squidward watching SpongeBob and Patrick play. That's what you're doing right now. That's fine. You are inside your little Stonehenge house, and you are watching us play. And I'll tell you, Malik Monk did absolutely have a phenomenal game last night that helped the Charlotte Hornets win against the Miami Heat in overtime, 129 to 121. And Malik, after having only appeared in seven games before this contest, and the most amount of minutes that he had played in any of those games was at around 24. He played 40 minutes last night. That was the third most time that anybody saw on the court, right behind Gordon Hayward and right behind still Devontae Graham, who played a lot better as the game went on and actually was pretty crazy himself. Um, But you see what Malik did again. these are the numbers 11 of 18 from the field nine of 13 from three hit all five of his free throws that he took had five rebounds had a couple of assists only had two turnovers in the 40 minutes that he played he ended up with 36 points he was the best in the plus minus column at plus 20 and 
Last but certainly not least, he hit the three-pointer, the fadeaway going to his left kind of out of bounds where Cody Zeller just does uh, get sets him up with the screen and hands it off to him. He hits that three in order to send that game into overtime when it looked like the Hornets were done. There, there was no way that they should come back, and he hit a couple of key baskets before that too. I, one, Malik Monk is solidly in the rotation now. There's no yeah. way that you could. I mean, he's earned himself a couple of awful turnovers and maybe even a couple. Of, I don't know. He's off, maybe he's, a couple. He, of, he's earned himself ten games at minimum. Yeah, I, I, right. So I would think he's earned himself these games, but not a offensively. They score 126 with Malik in the game against Milwaukee. They score 129 in the game last night against the Miami Heat. They had been hovering around the 105 ish mark and they scored 108 against the Pacers when he only got 14 minutes. That's kind of what they had been doing towards the better total uh, point outcomes that they had had. What did you make of Malik last night and just the overall performance? Malik Monk, and I think I've said this a couple of times on the podcast in the last little bit, a legitimate shooting, outside shooting Malik Monk is a rotation guy on any team in this league, even a title team. So the fact that he's shooting this well is a testament to the hard work. Um, He said he was very, very upset that he did not get his spot back the minute he... um, he said that in the post game he was very, very uh, PO'd that he didn't get his spot back. So he sat there and he kept working. And the performances that we've seen from Malik Monk, especially this weekend, are a testament to just staying in the lab, staying ready, and um, and, and and just basically being the guy. I mean, he again when the shot wasn't working, he went to the bucket. When the when the neither going inside hitting shots or going outside, he distributed. He was a really like he was a dynamic force. He that I mean that's the Malik Monk we all expected when we got when we drafted him, and for me to see that actualized against Tyler Hero against the Miami Heat against a team that prides itself on physically defending and not letting people get off like that, it's it's I mean quite honestly it's a revelation quite honestly. Yeah, I mean, he might have had some better floor games in his NBA career where he facilitated more, maybe contributed in other areas of the box score. You saw him really make the right decision, but he caught flames in this game. And I think the fact that he shot so well and he scored 36 points and those buckets were uh, the, the things that directly led to a win, especially when we got to the fourth quarter. I think this is Malik Monk's best game. And you might think, yeah, duh, you can roll your eyes. I mean, I, I think we've had like better feel games, right? Maybe, maybe every once in a while we've had some better floor games as you like to discuss when we were discussing Devonte Graham, maybe the shooting wasn't there, but the floor games were okay. But this is to me still the best game that Malik Monk has ever played in his NBA career because it led to a win because you had the excitement factor. This was a Miami heat team that yes, they've been struggling this season, but that has been a lot of times without Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler, played in this game and so that's a different type of Miami Heat team it's the Heat team that went to the finals last year when Jimmy Butler is in the rotation so you got Jimmy you got Bam both of those guys had good games last night at 25 and 23 points total for them Duncan Robinson did his thing hitting four three-pointers and he uh hit four out of the seven that he took and then we had the classic who the hell is this guy destroying the Hornets? <laughs> we had that performance too, where you're saying Struess goes for 19 points coming off of the bench and helping him. And yet still 
the Hornets were able to win without Terry Rozier for the entire game and without P.J. Washington after the 24 minutes that he played. And even when he was playing, missing bunnies, tough to see a lot of the layups that P.J. Washington missed. Not his best night, especially after he'd been killing it in the paint here recently. It was automatic. And uh, and then he missed some games. He has an ankle sprain. So we'll try to keep up uh, everybody updated as the information rolls in this week. But P.J. Washington for basically half the minutes that you would have played him or somewhere close to that. And no Terry Rozier. Um, and we're talking about a win and it wasn't even all about LaMelo ball who got his first start. It was about Malik Monk who comes in and scores 36 points. We can talk a little bit more about the other players into this game and what they meant, um, in their victory to against the Miami heat. There's only one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust when it comes to sports betting, that's betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account and betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. You can get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online. It's your online sportsbook experts. We talk about LaMelo Ball and his first start. Is it going to be permanent? That's coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I love leftovers, by the way. Huge leftover guy. Oh, man. Dinner, dinner for lunch. I love that. Leftover dinner. Swing it into a lunch. Maybe even to a breakfast if you're feeling goosey. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily pod breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. You can start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast. So not a Lamella ball did get his first start last oh, wow. night of his I NBA career. I, I completely, yeah, I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. And I'm sure that was the number one thing you'd rather have talked about in this episode today. 31 minutes, three of 11 from the field, not a great shooting night, but did hit 50% of his three pointers two of four from the perimeter hit all of his free throws again. That's nice to see yes. that he's such a bucket from the charity stripe and hit some big ones in this one last night too. So uh, good to see LaMelo really, I mean, again, not missing the free throws that he's been taking the last couple of games, seven assists, five rebounds, contributing nicely in the other categories, not too many turnovers, three, not bad, 31 minutes, three turnovers. I'm okay Especially with that. Especially against the heat. Yeah, that's, that's okay. Yeah, and, sure. And, uh, and then scored 14 points too. So nada, I mean, you see LaMelo ball come in in place of Terry Rozier. How different do you think the team looked without Terry out there and seeing a lot more LaMelo ball? And what did you think of his first start? Uh, quite honestly, I thought that the ball moved a lot more. The ball, there was a little bit more juice. There was a little bit more sharing of the ball. And that that unit, that starting unit was already sharing the sugar pretty decently. So I don't, I like, it was, a, again, you could tell there's a little bit of juice. But the one thing that you just noticed, unfortunately, for better or for worse, is that this team lacked the outside shooting that it needed at some certain times because LaMelo's just not there as an outside shooter. So, like, the, the biggest thing I noticed was that there was that extra juice. There was a little bit more running. There was a little bit more active transition. But at the same time, you missed Terry's shooting. And for a certain stretch with the starters, there was that little edge of toughness that Terry does bring, that stick to itiveness. And it's not something that you can quantify. And, I, and again, you know me, Walker. I hate things that you necessarily cannot quantify. But there was that little bit of edge that you could tell when Terry's out there that, yo, I'm not going to let this happen to me. 
and it, it it showed up. It showed up a little bit. So I, I do wonder and I do worry that, like, I, I understand that LaMelo Ball is probably going to be starting for as long as Terry's out, and I wouldn't expect Terry back this week. But there is, there's, there's like, it's different. I'm not going to say it's softer, but it's not as sharp and not as, not as crips. And that um, comes in time. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. I think the ball did move a lot better with LaMelo, which is no surprise. I mean, the, the thing about Terry is, I mean, one, we've talked at nauseum about how he has a better ability playing the shooting guard, playing at an off-ball role, the catch and shoot, making um, making shots more so than he is at, at being a good decision maker. You know, even the shots for Terry Rozier, I think within the first 10 games, the shot selection was a good bit better. I think there had been times where he started to revert back to some bad shot selections, but then it's been better than it was last year. And I think by a decent margin too, and we've already talked about, he's not the greatest decision maker on pick and rolls. He's not a great passer in his own right, but has that ability every once in a while, you know, as a ball handler, but LaMelo is just way more of the pure point guard than, than Terry Rozier is. Uh, it just, it, it's not even close. As far as the facilitation goes, you want LaMelo handling the ball to run the offense more than Terry and giving him the ball to run the offense. And so it is a different dynamic when you get a different fundamental based player having somebody somebody that comes in and does dish it a lot more than Terry but Terry clearly the better shooter I mean the yeah. guy's been lights out this season it's been ridiculous you know it is going to bring a different dynamic and it's a lot of fun and then when you have LaMelo and Malik Monk in the ball game at the same time and then you get to see some of the other starters to play alongside them maybe you get a PJ Washington playing some small ball five but now that Cody Zeller's in you get to see him play the five and yeah. as we'll go there you, you see Cody Zeller once again have a big impact so against one of the better centers in the NBA I mean a guy that has ascended into you know the upper echelon of players in the NBA and Bam Adebayo Cody Zeller went 8 of 15 from the field he got 12 rebounds and he's been a rebounding machine ever since he's got back into the lineup after that injury and he scored 19 points had a couple blocks you know Cody not a Cody's made as much of a difference as anybody coming in and uh, keeping Bismack on the bench who got another DNPCD last no, night. No, that was that was the biggest thing. Like they just against better teams, they just eliminated they they eliminate Bismack and Cody had it working earlier. Like, have we noticed the floater game? Like, is this a new wrinkle now that he's <laughs> going to the now that it's a contract year or something like that? Like, I'm noticing that the floater game is there right now, and it's. It's kind of awesome to see because it's just like, okay, I'm not going to be able to dunk on you all the time because I'm closer to 30, but here's what I can do. I'm just going to start throwing floaters up, and I'm going to start working, uh, figuring out different ways to work around the limitations that I do have in this new age center. And he gave Bam the blues for a little bit. And not to be, like, honestly, the biggest thing that he made the impact on was defensively where he was able to keep Jimmy Butler out of the paint, drawing that key charge in overtime mm -hmm. against Jimmy Butler. Like, defensively, his impact, I don't want to say it goes beyond the stat sheet because there's going to be someone from Nashville throwing something <laughs> when, I, when he hears right. this. But at the same time, like, I just, it, it, what he did last night solidified that, okay, there wasn't really a full plan plan when it came to... Um, the center spot and they were going to figure out that Cody was going to be the one that's going to have to handle most of the minutes 
and PJ would basically spell him from there. The problem mm-hmm. becomes now that PJ's probably going to miss a few games. Is it Jalen McDaniel's time, my friend? Is it Jalen? Yeah, because that's the only question. Yeah, I have we'll left. see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see if Jalen McDaniels does come back from the swarm after being sent down, getting 15 minutes a game for maybe the first five contests they played, and then eventually never seeing the light of day again, did Jalen McDaniels. So we'll see about that. And and just Cody Zeller, maybe we can talk about him uh, in the next segment. But, you know, it's a recycled conversation. It, it's just hilarious, right? A big guy where they need big man depth after we had tried to ship him out in a lot of trade scenarios. And I, I did so a lot. Just it seemed like they were moving on. You know, Cody is the only guy that you can go to as your big guy that you count on, at least right now. And he's not going to cost a ton of money. I, it just is, is he going to survive all of the trade machine Cody Zeller proposals and eventually stay here with the Charlotte Hornets? We'll talk a little bit more about that and some other things again from last night. I do want to talk to you guys about rockauto.com first though, because one reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or food. So why would you choose to spend 30%, 50% or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and it's remarkably easy to navigate. The prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So again, I ask you, why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. They have them both. All the prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. One more segment to go here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We continue to look at the game last night between the Hornets and the Heat. This is Locked On Hornets. Decoys all over the place. They've got everybody down at the rim. Ball goes into biz. They do like an XFL style where the wide receiver runs to the line of scrimmage, except it's with Devontae Graham. He picks up a foul. I don't care what you say, Nate McMillan. More like Nate McVillan. Get out of here. Quit whining about the officials. You got plenty of calls. The Hornets got a call at the end of the game. I thought it was fair. Hornets win. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. East meets West and Locked on NBA Tuesdays. Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Mercury News and host of Locked on Warriors. And David Ramil, host of Locked on Heat, tackle the biggest NBA stories of the day, coast to coast. Subscribe to Locked on NBA podcast wherever you get your podcast. And speaking of Locked on Heat, I saw them quote tweet yesterday. Somebody say that, I'm tired of Malik Monk saying it was a Heat fan. I'm tired of Malik Monk keeping the Hornets in this game because that's what he was doing. And then Locked On Heat quote tweeted that and said Hornets fans were tired of Malik Monk a year ago, which is not exactly it's wrong. Not inaccurate. It's on. not inaccurate. No, it's not inaccurate. It doesn't cover everybody, but it is not inaccurate when you talk about Hornets projections of what Malik Monk could be. And there were a lot of people even last year at the end. And look, I understood. Like, I, I've obviously been the president of Monk Hive. And then I had this one guy who was the leader alongside me decided to leave a couple weeks back. But when I was the you? leader of Monk Hive and a co-leader of Monk Hive, I, I understood why there were some people that didn't love Malik Monk because 
he didn't fulfill what his expectations were maybe the first couple of seasons. I just believe so much in the flashes that they could be there. I don't know if this game even still is set in concrete that Malik is going to be this guy that scores 20 points a game for the Hornets going forward, but we've seen him. And this is my point, Nada. This is what I've been trying to say constantly, and I'll recycle this again, no problem. When we've seen Malik Monk play basketball, he's been good. When we've seen him ever since he took over that last stretch of the season before he got hit with the anti-drug policy violation, before he got hit with that, when he was playing basketball, he was playing well for the Charlotte Hornets. And it was the, the, the reason he didn't get his spot back was because of COVID, because he missed a lot of time, I guess, from whatever happened at the end of last season. And then you see him on the pine and not be able to get in whatsoever. When he comes back in, he is playing better. So when you've seen him on the court, it's been good basketball from him. And that's why I appreciate what Malik Monk said after the game. And it's why I appreciate Rod Boone, who was on the afternoon rush yesterday and talked about this even before we saw Malik play last night. Before we saw Malik go for 36, Rod Boone had said, you know, he has handled this like a professional. You can roll your eyes at that when Malik says, I want to play. I can be the difference maker, but I wouldn't call that unprofessional. I'd call that one confidence. And I think I'd call it a healthy dose of confidence without blowing up the locker room or anything like that. I mean, this wasn't somebody that was pouting and deciding, you know what, if I'm not going to get in, then I'm just not going to do what I'm told. This is someone that believed in himself said, I can be the difference here offensively, and I'm going to show you that while continuing to get a ton of shots up after hours. And that's what Malik said. That's what Rod Boone was discussing when he was saying that Malik handled it like a professional. Rick Bennell has had a couple of stories about Malik Monk calling for his play too and saying, yeah, this is, you know, Malik Monk is being more open than he would have maybe his first and second year as a player in the NBA. So I'm just glad that, and I, at least I hope, that some of the off-the-court problems surrounding Malik are maybe dissipating yeah. as we discuss why he hasn't been on the court. And, and I always thought that was uh, getting leaned into a little too no, much. No, the thing is, I, 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 it's kind of difficult for me because I can see both sides. I am thinking, because quite honestly, there's a part of me that understands, hey, you, like, I understand why James Borrego might not trust him. But at the same time, and this is what, and I guess this has been my content point of contention on Malik Monk for most of the season, and it was, yo, it's COVID. The best stretch that the Hornets had was without Malik Monk, and at the same time, it was more rec- like replicable in terms of winning basketball, where Malik Monk didn't fit, and I didn't think he improved on his defense. But like you said, he's been a professional about this the entire time to the point where he's defending, he's tagging guys, he's making the right switches on defense, he's paying attention to the details. I can't remember saying that about Malik before this season, where you can say he's paying attention to the details on everything. So if that's going to be the case, then yo, I'm not necessarily going to be here to say, you know what, I'm not going to, again, don't play him because he's earned his spot. I can't say anything anymore. 36 points, he's playing, he's not a net minus on defense, he knows knows what he's doing. Like, this is the prophecy. This is the guy that we expected to get when we drafted him years ago. So if this is going to be the prophecy, and I know that there's that video with my voice saying, we need to see more from Malik. (laughs) I don't need to see any more. 
I again, I don't need uh, again. <laughs> it, it, he won. Malik is one. I'm tapping out because you know what? I believe again. All right. Um, I do want to also give some love to Devonte Graham because when we have talked about good Devonte Graham, it hasn't been a ton, right? Like it, it's. I don't think we've seen, you know, a, a substantial amount of of great basketball this season from Devonte, despite some of the interesting advanced stats on Devonte. Sam Perley had a couple of stats about how he's been playing recently. He said the last nine games played for Devonte, he has seventeen point nine points per game on forty one percent shooting overall. 4.13 pointers made on 42% shooting from the perimeter, also adding a little over three rebounds per game, five and a half assists per game, and only uh, 1.8 turnovers per game. Sam Perley would also write this, Devontae is now shooting 30 per, uh, 36% overall on the season from the perimeter, and that's tied for seventh in the NBA in total three-point made, uh, three-pointers made, excuse me, so the volume is tied for seventh at 64. He's also had a league best seven of 10 from three-point range in clutch time this season, which is the highest such percentage of any player with at least eight such three-pointers attempted and Devontae has pretty much been a good three-point shooter in clutch time. We saw that last year. Brooklyn, New York come to mind. And it's funny, Terry Rozier has been that too. It's, it's funny that we have a couple of uh, good three-point shooters when the time calls for it. But some love to Devontae. I, I'm glad that he's starting to put some things together a little bit more. Um, at least just the made baskets are coming at a higher level. This, this game here, 7 of 13, that was able to get him over 40% again, like this, this is something that um, really helped him what he played and what he did last night, especially at the end where he was really helping out. So want to give the deserved props to Devante because I thought he was huge in this win, just like Malik. No, was. he was absolutely huge. And this is why the conversation about who starts, who doesn't start this, that, and the third is kind of an overblown one because the best part is that at any given night, you have three legitimate backcourt guys to run your offense or to carry you for any stretch of time. And that's not even including Gordon Hayward, who, mind you, hit a lot of clutch buckets. And have we still, um, has Tyler Hero gotten all the tread marks off his back from how he got exposed last night? Because <laughs> that, that was brutal. Because at first it was Devontae taking turns on him, Gordon Hayward taking turns on him, Devontae going back and being like, yo, I'm going to close the game on you, Tyler Hero. Like, that's the part where we're really like the ability to close. And that's what Devontae did. Devontae closed the show. Malik kept the game open again, kept the store open for long enough for Devontae to close it last night. And if anything, can we, if anything, can we stop saying player X deserves to start this, that, and the third? Because you know what? I am at the point, like I said, it's boring to me. There's no point in having mm -hmm. these conversations anymore. And at this point, we can move on to do something different. <laughs> we can talk about something different at this point. Uh, I mean, maybe we can. I doubt most people are going to abide by your wish. Not, I don't think anybody's going to do that. No, but that no. does wrap up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. This episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds, responsibly, and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. 
Com, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings. It launched on January 18th, so you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. That wraps up, once again, this edition of Lockdown Hornets. We really do appreciate you guys for joining us. Uh, make sure you tune in to Lockdown NBA. Tell your smart device to play Hollinger and Duncan. Just listen to the pods on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Ooh.